0: Good evening. Before I start this evening, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come up here and speak because I don't really get to come up here and talk to you all all that much. And I know some of y'all probably are thinking, man, I get to hear him again. Man. But I promise this one's a good one. At least I think so. So with that being said, as we come to the close of yet another year, but not only another year, another decade, yes, it's going to be 2020 in a couple of days. Most of us, we take this time here and about to go about an annual self-reflection of sorts. Some people will most likely look at themselves and say, you know, this past year I didn't really really pray too much. I, I probably ought to do that more next year. Maybe I didn't read the Bible as much, study my scriptures as much. I ought to devote a little bit more time next year. And that's all well and good, but why just reflect on just the Christian duties that we conduct ourselves? Why not also focus on our behaviors and our actions? Are there not a few things that any of us could uh, uh, could not fix uh, that not only affect ourselves, but also others around us? For myself, I can definitely think of a few. And uh, for these few minutes that I have tonight to speak to you, that's the point that I'm going to try and get across, is I'm going to present things that are subject to change, not only in my life this next year, but hopefully to some of you as well. See, tonight I've only got two points for my lesson. And these two points are fellowship, or unity, and then also local outreach or evangelism. Now, before I begin this first topic, I know some of you are probably thinking it. If you recall to this past Wednesday, Jacob came up here and stood exactly where I was. We've swapped now. I was leading singing, now he is, and I'm speaking instead of him. And on Wednesday last week, he spoke about fellowship. This lesson, although it is on the same topic, it is nowhere near his. So, this is all fresh. With that being said, here's my message on fellowship I do not know everyone here. I just don't. And I'm sad to say it, but it's true. I know the faces, I'm really good with faces. But my memory is not the greatest. And I don't retain names very well. And there are faces here that I've seen every Sunday, because I've been here since I was way on down here. I've seen faces here all my life that I recognize, even to this day. But sadly, I don't remember the names of some of you. And I'm, I'm willing to admit that. And see, like I said, I could point you out in a crowd and say, you go to Bobby. You go to Bobby Branch too. But I could not remember the name. And part of this is mostly because as a young boy, I was shy. And part of it is, as a young boy, I kept to myself mostly. And I kept to my friends. And so, now that I've grown up, now that I'm 21 years old, I can honestly say that over these years I've built myself up more and I can say I'm a little bit more outgoing. But I'm not to the point that I should be or that I feel that I should be. And with that being said, my goal for myself as well as hopefully for some of you is I'm going to try my best to talk to all of you. All that I ask in return and this, I apologize if this steps on a toe or two, but all I ask in return is that you don't get offended if I come up to you and say, Hi, what is your name? Because I may have seen you all my life, but because I've not spoken to you or maybe you haven't spoken to me, I may not know your name. And we are all human. We are prone to forget. I'm sure some of you don't know people that are 20 feet from you. So starting tonight... After the close of this service, I will walk back to the foyer and I will come to shake your hands just as Tony does after every lesson he gives. And if I see a face that I do not recognize or I do recognize the face, let me say that I do recognize the face but I don't remember the name, I will ask what is your name. And it will take a few times. It won't just be tonight. This is an effort that I'm going to be giving over and over until I get it because we are a church family. And what good is it if you have a family and you don't even know who they are? So please bear with me and bear with each other if you choose to do so and follow me as well in trying to introduce myself or introduce yourselves to each other. And see, the reason that I urge this, this isn't only so that I can come up to you and say hi or add you on Facebook. Like I said, we are a Christian family. And that being said, we are a Christian family and we are stronger together as a Christian family. Out of our fellowship comes unity. It's just as Paul wrote in Ephesians 4, 1-3, and also in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9-11. And I'll read those. Ephesians 4, 1-3 says, "...I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called." With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9-11 through 11 says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. We are stronger together. And when we come together, we can find comfort, wisdom, and we can find peace. Three things in this world that a Christian desperately, desperately needs. We can't live in this world as Christians without each other. It's just not how being a Christian works. We are called to share the gospel with everyone, to have fellowship and worship with one another all towards God and His glory. Speaking of sharing the gospel, that brings us to the next point in my lesson. One of our roles as Christians is that we are to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That was Matthew 28, verse 19. And this isn't a joke. You know how I know? For those of you following along in a paper Bible, look at the color of those letters. They're red. Now, I'm sure most of you who are carrying a Bible know what that means. That means that those are the words of Jesus Christ Himself. The Son of God told us that we are to go out and to be social. The Son of God told us that we are to talk to people, and not just to talk to people, but to tell them about how Christ was sacrificed for our sins. To tell people that there is a way to be saved. It is our duty as Christians to tell everyone about our Savior. For those of you following along, I encourage you to look at that heading of that Scripture. It says, The Great Commission. It doesn't say the great suggestion. This is a command by the Lord our God to go and share the way to salvation. We aren't to sit idly by and say, He'll do it. But rather to stand up and say, I will do it. And I admit, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of not spreading the word as much as I ought to. And that's why I'm bringing it up tonight. I can't even begin to count the times that I've had the opportunity to either tell someone about Christ, answer someone's questions, or defend God's honor in a worldly conversation. But I didn't. Either I thought to myself that they wouldn't listen, or perhaps maybe it had been a long day and I was tired and I didn't want to put the effort towards it, or or I just didn't want to at the time. Let me put it to you like this. If I was a medic, I wouldn't have a job. There are so many souls in this world that are hurting. And it is the job of a Christian to help those souls by treating them with God, which is the medicine. And if I were to be called to someone who was hurting and I simply said, you know, I don't feel like helping them. I don't don't feel like helping them right now. I'm I'm tired or I don't want to go do that. I want to go do something else. I would be failing not only them, but I would also be failing myself. I wouldn't be doing my job. And if it's serious enough, that person who needs help could very well be lost. If we as Christians sit idly by and don't reach out to people needing a helping hand, what a shame we are bringing to the name Christian. There are so many souls out there that are lost to the darkness of this world. And we have the amazing opportunity to go out to them and bring them to the light of salvation. And no longer will I sit by and let souls pass me by without me at least trying to do my part of trying to show them the path to God. Especially here close to home. If you would, let's go back to Matthew 28 and read verse 19 again. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The words that Christ used are of all the nations. While it is amazing to go and take the word of God to those overseas in the nations, an opportunity that I hope to do one day. We also live in a nation. The land we live in is not exempt from mission work. In fact, the mission here at home is just as important as those overseas. We are to go out of this house of the Lord that we gather in right now, and we go out to gather souls to be brought to salvation. That is the great commission that Christ charged us with. All of us. And if we don't, the numbers on that attendance board over there won't change. If we want growth, we need to put work in to sow the seed and to nurture that growth that comes forward. The number one thing that we are all able to do is to sow the seed, to speak to those of all the nations. We have a tongue, and we're blessed with the opportunity to use it or the ability to use it. And that's all it takes. Those that ask and those that are willing to hear will listen. Look to the Apostle Philip, for example. If you would, if you're following along, turn to Acts 8. In Acts 8, we read about the interaction between Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch. Starting at verse 26, we read, Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. This eunuch, he was traveling on the road on a chariot and reading aloud a copy of Isaiah. Of Isaiah. This is what Philip was sent to tend to. Let's continue. Verse 30 reads, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And the eunuch said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a great example of taking initiative. Here is a man who is reading the Word of God but does not fully comprehend it. He doesn't understand what he's reading entirely. And when a man of God hears this, he jumps on the situation and takes action. He ran down the chariot and called to the man and offered a chance to teach the man about the truth. When Philip joined the man in his chariot, it is revealed that the Scripture was being read it was Isaiah 53. When this was revealed to Philip, the eunuch then goes on. And in verse 34 it reads, So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and, began, and beginning at the Scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water." And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip took initiative. And he was able to teach a man who he had only just met about the wonderful news of Christ. And that's all it took for the opportunity to arise. And we as Christians can take that same initiative. If we do that, and the Word is received by by who we speak to, we will have a similar result as to what we're about to read. In verse 37 it says, Then Philip said to him, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. When we go out into the world no matter if it's a thousand miles away or a thousand feet up the road. People are in need of saving. And opportunity presents itself everywhere everywhere that we go. If we are to grow the church, not only in this congregation, but the church as a whole, we need to take the initiative and bring people closer to God through sacrifice through the sacrifice and the example that Christ gave. <clears throat> now, as I close out tonight and hand over the invitation to Jameson, I want to leave you with this. We as Christians, we are in desperate need, as I said earlier, of wisdom, comfort, and peace. To gain those things, we require fellowship. Fellowship. We need to be here for one another. Get to know each other. Treat each other like a family because that's what we are a church family. And the best thing we can do is to continue to grow the family that we have here. To go out into the community, to go out into the world and share the Word of God and hopefully bring more souls to Christ. I've given you a few examples tonight. And, like I said, I will be doing my best to do the same. And after the invitation song, whenever we sing this closing song, I will walk back there. And as I shake your hands, I will ask you your names. And it may embarrass me, but I'm still going to do it. Because I want to get to know all of you. You are my family, and I'm yours. So, I will be doing my best. To try and live to the example. And I invite you all to join me and do the same. Not only in this coming year. But in our continuous walks in a Christian life. Brother Jameson.
1: Brother Justin began this evening talking about how some people may look back at this past year. And they believe they might not have lived as Christian like as they should have. And that may be true for some of us here tonight. Now the greatest example of a Christian life that we have is Jesus Christ himself. He came to this earth and lived the perfect life so that we, may ha- that we might have an example of how we ought to live as Christians. And then he sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. Now from his, his great life and sacrifice, we have the plan of salvation, which a person must follow if they wish to be saved. The steps of this plan of salvation are one, to hear the word of God. Two, believe the word of God and believe that Jesus is the son of God. Repent of any sins and shortcomings that you have in your life confess that Jesus is the Son of God, be baptized for remission of your sins, and then to live faithfully for the rest of your life. Now, if there are any here, any here who have not been baptized and have not completed the plan of salvation, all things are prepared for you to do that tonight. You can come forward, sit on the front pew, and we will help you with that act. Now, if, those, if there are those here who have been baptized by are struggling to follow through with that last step of living faithfully, you can come forward and we will pray with you and pray for you. If anyone has a need, please come forward as we stand and sing.